Amen. How many feel the spirit of revival? Amen. I really do. I believe we're in it. Amen. I feel like there's a like there's a maturity in our church like we've never had before. Amen. And I feel like we're getting ready. God's getting us ready for the increase. Amen. For the growth, for the harvest that's going to come into our church. Amen. How many believe that tonight? He's getting us ready. Amen. For all the souls he's going to bring in. And it's just so exciting tonight as we were praising and worshiping. I was walking around with the camera because just looking up at our stage and seeing the choir start over there and just seeing the, the whole stage filled with singers is something we've always believed for and prayed for. And you know, this is only a church that's only five years old. At one time, we didn't have as many people in our church as we have on the platform tonight. Amen. So it's exciting to see what God is doing. This is a good Monday night attendance. Amen. Give yourselves a hand for coming back tonight. Amen. That means we're in revival. I know there's going to be uh, more tomorrow night, and we're going to keep on growing, but I really feel like uh, God is in control. I know that God has the right man of God here tonight with us for this time. Amen. How many believe that God orchestrates when and who and where? And, you know, we have these revivals, and every time we have a revival, uh, God touches somebody in a special way, and he uses people that, you know, God, God uses his word, but the vessel he uses is always a way he touches certain people. And we can all affect somebody in a different way that, you know, I can touch people you can't and you can touch people I can't. And, and so I know Pastor Gould has got a great word. How many are excited we still have three more nights? Amen. We got tonight, tomorrow night, and Wednesday night. We've just got started. So tell someone about it tonight. And did you come expecting? Amen. Is your heart ready? Just, just turn off your mind about tonight or tomorrow. Turn off work. Turn off the bills. Turn off the problems. And focus, because whatever God speaks to him tonight is going to affect those circumstances. Amen? So let's give Pastor Gould another big Victory World Outreach. Denton, Texas, welcome tonight as he comes. Amen? Let's show him our love. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord again tonight. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I tell you, I've been enjoying myself here with you and just talking with different ones of you and fellowshipping. This is a wonderful church. I don't see why anybody wouldn't want to be a part of this church. Good people, hey, that's great. So I'm, I'm glad to be here enjoying myself. And uh, man, this worship team is awesome. I tell you, it's, it's good to be with you just to come and just to enjoy the praise, to enjoy the presence of God. That sets the stage for everything. And uh, we just thank God for the praise team here and the wonderful job they're doing. And uh, we're going to have a good week. Amen. Now, tonight, we are going to approach a subject that I believe affects many, many people in the church world today. I shared with you last night, I was going to talk to you about being free from the bondage of fear. And so I want to talk to you about that tonight. And uh, there are more people than we can even imagine whose lives are controlled and affected by fear. And uh, you will see that as we develop this message tonight, I believe it's going to be a help to each one of us. And we all need to understand how to combat fear, how to resist fear, how to cast out fear, and how to reign over fear. And so open your Bibles tonight to the book of Second uh, Chronicles and chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. That's where we're going to begin tonight. 
Uh, this is probably a familiar story for most of you here in Second Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. I'm going to read the story here. We're going to read about 20 verses so that you will understand as I make reference to this story. It says in verse 1 of Second Chronicles chapter 20, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is Ongedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the midst of in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, I, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine in or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little, little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, and the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. 
then the Levites of the children of, of the Korahites and of the children of Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. And so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. His prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Everybody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Today we are looking at a very real story here, a story about a king and a nation who were facing uh, the enemy and were terrorized by fear. As we see in the beginning of this story, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat feared. This fear drove them to their knees, and we see the end of the story. They experienced the salvation of God as they ran to the Lord in prayer. This story is a story of each one of us here today. From time to time, we also experience horrific fears. Today, I want to give each one of you the keys that will help you to rise above fear and to be free from fear. As we see in this story, it is a real, a real human story about fear. It's not some kind of myth. It's not something that is hypothetical. But this was a real event. And you know what? We live in a real world today. And we have real problems. We have real obstacles. And sometimes there are also things that come against us that causes us to be tormented by fear. Fear is a very real problem that cripples. Everybody say it's real. I'm not one of those pastors going to come to you and, 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 and speak to you in, in, in such a way to cause you to say, oh, man, uh, fears of the devil. If you fear, you, 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 something's wrong with you. Well, they're lying because they have also been in places in their lives where they have feared also. I will tell you today, my friends, fear comes to every home. The thing is, it may come, but it, we don't have to invite it to come in and to live with us. But fear comes to every home, comes to every heart. But we have to know what to do when fear comes. And so fear is a very real problem that sometimes cripples us, sometimes it torments, and it can also defeat many people in life. Fear is a natural human feeling of alarm. It's a natural feeling. I know some people will say, oh, that's of the devil. Yes, it's of the devil, but it is a human feeling as we have other emotions as well. Fear is real, and it is a human emotion. It is a human feeling that can cause us to be, be crippled and cause us to be paralyzed. Fear is the expectation, the expectation of danger, pain, or disaster. There may be something that's going on around us. There may, may be some news that we have heard. 
There may be some tragedy that we are in the midst of. And then our hearts may begin to rise in fear. And sometimes we begin to think on things that may happen. And we begin to even fantasize as to how bad the situation is going to come. And of course, we have the enemy, the devil, who is there to try to get us to believe the worst and tell us that things are going to be much worse than they are. But fear is real. We as people recognize and understand that we are vulnerable. We know that there are certain things that can bring harm to us, that can bring pain to us, that can bring discomfort to us. And so we know that we are vulnerable, even though you may think of how strong you are, we are vulnerable. Sometimes we are surprised that when we hear about certain people who may uh, have succumbed to some type of uh, sickness or maybe death has come to their, their home or, or maybe they had some great failure and we thought, man, I thought they were in you know, they, they were no way vulnerable, but we understand through life and through experience that we are all vulnerable. Fear is a reasonable emotion. Why do I say that? It's a reasonable emotion. Because there's some spiritual leaders that will tell you, you are immature if you have fear. So I'm here to tell you this morning that, or this evening, that fear is a human emotion and a reasonable emotion. Why? Because we do understand that we are vulnerable. It is reasonable. Nevertheless, we must counter that fear with faith and with trust in God. We see in the beginning of this story, it says that Jehoshaphat feared. He feared greatly for his life and for the lives of the children of Israel. We can't just cast that away and say, no, that was not real. Uh, maybe they used the wrong word there. No, he was experiencing terrorizing fear. We fear because sometimes of people. We fear because of events and circumstances. Sometimes the things that we fear may be real. Sometimes they may be imagined. Let me just give you a little example. You have two little boys on the playground. One is, or one is much bigger than the other. Another big guy says to the little boy, I'm going to beat your socks off. The little boy says, oh, I will fear nothing. No. That big guy there, he may be a little bit afraid. Now, there are some cases where the little guy says, hey, I ain't scared of you. But those are real situations. And many times there are things that come that cause fear. Let me share some things with you that may be causes of fear and you can identify with some of these. One, wars. Two, enemies. Death. We fear these things. We fear losing our jobs. Natural disasters. We fear the unknown. Health issues. Financial problems and failures. We may fear losing a friend or losing, sometimes you may even fear Losing your mind. You might fear losing control. Sometimes we fear because we are concerned about the safety of our children. We even fear failure. We fear people. We fear poverty. We fear divorce. 
We fear accidents. These are some of the things that people fear in life. Amen. And, of course, this is just a small list, but there are other things that may bring, bring fear to our hearts. Now, when fear comes, there are symptoms that also manifest and that we can recognize that are the result of fear. These symptoms are like signs of an illness. There are many evidences of fear. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says that fear has torments. Fear has torments. All the symptoms of fear are tormenting and crippling in some way. Here are some of the symptoms of fear. Amen. I want to say to you this, this evening, I'm sharing these things with you because I want you to understand that this is real and this is where you are. You can say, yeah, I've gone through that. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, you're right. But listen, the end of the story is that we have victory in the name of Jesus Christ. The end of the story is that there is a force that is more power than fear, and that is the faith that we have in Jesus Christ and the presence of the Lord with us. But fear is real. And so here are some of the symptoms of fear. Because people fear, there's inaction. People are paralyzed. They, don't, they will not do anything because they are afraid to move. There's anxiety, depression, irritability, headaches, sometimes migraine headaches, ulcers, heart attacks, high blood pressure, loss of appetite, fear of financial loss. Some people fear like. Some people fear to give and to pay their tithes unto the Lord because they fear that God will not take care of them. Some people fear to love again because their hearts have been broken. Some people fear to trust again because they trusted in someone and that person failed them. So these are some of the consequences of fear. Fear can become an enemy when it robs you of your sleep, your joy, your strength, your health, your confidence, and of the inability to act. Fear is an enemy. And so anything that is an enemy, we need to seek to destroy and not allow to be among us. Because of a combination, listen very carefully now, because of a combination of past experiences, for example, you may have experienced some tragedy, some hardships, some hard times, some pains, some misfortunes in the past. Is there anyone here who has not experienced any of that? I know maybe some of the little kids might raise their hand, you know. Oh, man, life is cool, you know. No problems. Daddy buys me what I want, you know. But fear sometimes is there because we remember things and events that may have happened in the past. So it's the combination of past experiences, present circumstances that we see, and also the fear of the future. And because of this, many people live their lives in bondage unto fear. Many are tormented daily. Listen, folks, I've been all over the world, different places, and uh, even in the spiritual churches where people, we preach the word of faith, people are experiencing fears. I understand that. I know that. And that is why I'm preaching this message, because I know that there are believers who need to be delivered and who need to be set free. Fear not. This is the admonition that has been given thousands of times in the Bible. This is the word that was given to Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel when they were surrounded by the enemy. 
God comes and says, fear not. As you look in verses 15 and verse 17 of this chapter, we see in verse 15 that the prophet says tomorrow, I'm sorry, it says in the second half of the verse, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. Do not be afraid. Verse 17 says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Now, many of the people could say, oh, yeah, that's, that's easy for you to say. Outside of the gates, there were the armies that were assembled and ready to come and to destroy Israel. But in the midst of this formidable foe, God says, fear not. Fear not. Notice that when he talks about the enemy, he says, this great multitude. The Lord is not trying to manipulate the people and their minds by saying, oh, they're not so big. They're not so strong. They're not so great. But they are great. They are mighty. But in the sight of God, they're nothing. And this is the reason why they don't have to fear because God is on their side. One scripture says, I will not fear because God is on my side. What can man do unto me? God is on their side. And the Lord says to them, fear not. In the Bible, many times you will read in many places where it says, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why does the Bible have to continue to say, fear not, fear not? Why? Because there's a whole lot of fear going on. Huh? God wouldn't have to say that if there was not a lot of fear. And he wasn't talking to the, 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 the Gentiles. He was talking to the people who were supposed to be the people of faith. And he has to say to them over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not. And God wants to speak this word to you tonight. Fear not, fear not, fear not. You may have a great enemy that stands before you. You may have a great mountain that is in front of you. You may have a problem that seems insurmountable. You may have situations that you think there will be no solution to and that they may get worse. But the word of the Lord to you tonight is fear not in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, because the Lord says fear not, does this dismiss the reality of fear? No, it doesn't. Does it dismiss the reasons for having fear? No, it doesn't. Jehoshaphat had reasons to fear. Huh? As you look at the situation initially, he had reasons. Humanistically speaking, he had reasons to fear. These armies were mighty and they were much greater in force than the Israelites. And so he had reasons to fear. He had real enemies. He realized that these people were out to take his life. I remember a situation once when I was in Uganda. This was in the year 1984. And they had a civil war going on there in Uganda. And my wife and I had gone there to do a crusade and we were ministering there in the nation of Uganda. And there I am, the missionary with the word of God, speaking the word of faith to the people, you know, just encouraging them about how God is with them, how God will take care of them. And one evening as we were preaching to the people, I, after the meeting, we see some of the people standing over to the side and they're whispering and they're talking. And my wife and I, we overhear them talking and they're talking about the rebel forces that are in a city that just north of us, us called Loro, and that the rebels were approaching the city where we were, called in Bali. 
And they didn't want us to know because they said, oh, them Americans, they're going to be afraid. But the, the people of Uganda have been experiencing civil war now for many years. You may have heard of Idi Amin and the things that he did, but this time was during the regime of a, of a, 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 a president whose name was Okello. And they were fighting one against another. So when they talked about the fact that these rebels were coming and they said they were 70 miles away, of course, we were a little bit concerned. But then that night, my wife and I went to sleep. And I was awakened about 1 o'clock in the morning because I was attacked by malaria. And, of course, uh, there in Uganda, in the, at that time, the facilities where we were were not so modern. I had to go outside and go to an outhouse to go to the restroom. And as I'm going out there, I'm hearing all this noise. I'm hearing all this movement of vehicles and the feet sounding like soldiers. And, boy, let me tell you. I was terrorized. Oh, no. Here I am with my little itty-bitty wife here in Uganda, and all this fighting is going to be going on, and we're going to die. And it must have been a miracle because my wife heard nothing, and at that time, she was a very light sleeper. And I'm praying, oh, God, please don't let her wake up because I know she's going to be fearful. And somehow she did not wake, wake up, but I was awake. And I'm the one being terrorized, so I had enough fear for myself and her too. And I'm starting to pray, and I don't know whether I was just praying or just in desperation. Oh, God, God, please don't let me die. And I remember I'm praying on my knees, and I can hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, well, what are you afraid of? I said, death. He said, well, if you die, where are you going to go? I said, to heaven. He said, well, what are you afraid of? I said, oh, yeah, right, Lord. Thanks for that revelation. <laughs> but then God began to rebuke me. He says, you are here in this nation of these people who are experiencing civil war, and you're telling them about how big God is and how God can protect them and take care of them. And now at the first uh, 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 instance of, of, of great problems, you're ready to, to run and hide. Oh, boy, I felt so ashamed. And I began to pray and say, God, please forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for uh, my, my fears. Forgive me for being ready to forsake these people. And I began to pray and pray and pray until God took away the fears. I said, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to stay here. I'm ready to go through whatever these people go through. I'm ready, Lord, even to die if I must die. And so I had that resolve in my heart. And I knew at that time, now I'm ready to give my life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let me tell you the end of the story. That was 1 o'clock in the morning. The movement went on for about an hour. When I woke up the next morning, I was told that uh, it was just a movement of some people taking some, some, some goods through the town, but there were no soldiers. And so my fear was unwarranted. At the time, it was very real. But I did, had no reason to fear. And sometimes, for people, we fear in situations where we really don't need to fear. We're fearing something that's going to happen that hasn't happened. Huh? Many times. And sometimes after we see what really happens, oh, man, I went through all that for nothing. But let me tell you something. Even if something real is happening, as it was in the case of Jehoshaphat and his people, God still says to us, do not fear. Because fear can do nothing for us, but faith can bring the victory. Because faith connects us to God, who is able to come to our aid. 
We see in this story that the Bible says that Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord. Amen. He had fears, but he knew to run into the presence of God. And when he began to seek the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord then spoke to them through the prophet. And the word the Lord spoke to them was, do not fear. He had fear, but then he received an invitation to trust in God rather than to give in to his fears. To exercise his faith instead of bowing at the altar of fear. And this is what all of us are uh, challenged to do when we are faced with a situation that brings fear to our heart. We have an invitation from God to trust. The question is, what are you going to do? And I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, it is a choice. It is a choice. You must choose faith. You must resist fear. You must resist doubts and unbelief. The enemy may be very real. You may even feel it like the breath of a dragon breathing upon you. But still you must say, I am going to believe in my God. Hallelujah. You recall the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as the fires were there before them and they knew that they were going to be cast into the fire. They said, oh, listen to us, O king. We will answer you carefully in this matter. We know that our God is able to deliver us, but if not, we are not going to bow. We're not going to fear. Amen. We can say that we know that our God is able to deliver us. In every situation, we know that he is able to deliver us. We need to cast ourselves into the hands of the Lord to trust in him and believe him to bring us through. Through the prophet Jehaziel, God speaks to Jehoshaphat and to the people and says, Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of the great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Now, listen to what the prophet says, because of the great multitude. He doesn't ignore the reality of the problem. He simply says that there is someone who is greater than your problem. The battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's, and the Lord is on your side. God recognizes there are reasons or things that bring fear in our lives, but he also invites us to find peace and comfort in him, to calm our fears. And that is why he says to us, Fear not. Now listen, folks, sometimes you may say, well, this thing is real. I have the right to fear. And then you get on the telephone and says, man, I'm afraid. Come on, be afraid with me. You want to just whip up a party. Come on, man, I'm afraid. Don't you think I should be afraid? Uh, come on, just put a little, you know, uh, put a fan on my fire. You know, you know, you, you know how it is when you have a fire, you got some charcoals burning, and you want to burn real bright, you just fan them a little bit, you know. Come on, fan my fears. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Shouldn't I be afraid? Yeah, okay, fan them. No, no, no. You shouldn't run to man. You shouldn't run to your friends. That's the time to run to God because he's the only one that can give you the peace and the strength to overcome. And so don't succumb to the fact, that, oh, well, this is a real human emotion. I have reason to feel this way. No, get out of that rut. Get out of that place and trust in God. Now, when you get into the place where you're trusting God, then you're going to hear a voice that says, now you know you should be afraid. Now, you know this is not reasonable for you to walk around as though there is no problem. There is a problem. But you say to that voice, I choose to trust and not to fear. 
You see, you have the Spirit of God. You need to learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to draw near unto God. And as you draw near unto God, he will wrap his arms around you, and he will give you peace. That is the secret, and the secret is to go unto the Lord, to go to God in prayer, and to invite the Spirit of God to come to bring comfort and strength to your heart. And as you do so, you need to then allow the faith of God to reign in your heart. You know, the Apostle Paul talks to Peter, uh, Timothy about the fight of faith. It's like two sumo wrestlers that are in the middle of the uh, mat there, and there's a circle, and uh, then they start the wrestling, and they come together, and they hit each other with a big boom, and then they're trying to push each other out the circle. That's the way it is when you choose faith, my friends. Fear is going to come. Unbelief is going to come and try to wrestle faith from your heart. But you've got to stand in faith. You've got to fight the fight of faith. You're going to have to continue to say, I choose to believe. I choose to believe. I choose God. I choose God. I will not fear my enemies. I will not fear what's come to me. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. Amen. And you know how it is when you see a shadow. Many of you, I'm sure, as young kids and some of you as big old kids, uh, when you see a shadow, man, you say, oh, my God, what's there? And when, where there's a shadow, then there is something that's real. And David is saying, I don't care, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, the de of death, and I know that death is real, still, I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because God is with me. How can we live without being in bondage to fear? Let me share a few things with you tonight. First of all, don't be so super spiritual to say, oh, I don't have fear. The first thing to do is admit your fears to God. That's right. Lord, I'm afraid, but now I'm coming to you, and I'm asking you to change my heart. Sometimes your brothers, your sisters, they come to you, oh, brother, you're not spiritual. Something's wrong with you. When it, what they should do is say, let me pray with you. Let's pray together. Let's agree together. Let's stand together. Let's hold up one another in faith. Instead of being so ridiculously stupid and say something like, no, that's not real. Somebody gets a broken arm. Oh, my arm ain't broke. Yes, it is. I tell you, when that tooth starts aching, you're not going to say, I don't have a toothache. Huh? You're going to go see somebody and get some help. And so admit your fears, number one. Number two, renounce your fear in the name of Jesus. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, it talks about the devil who is a roaring lion, who goes to and fro seeking whom to devour. Who to devour. It says, whom resist in faith. Resist your fears in the name of Jesus. Oh, you come knocking at my door, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to allow you to come in and live in this house. No. I know you're there, but you ain't coming in. You're not going to live here. Wrong address. I command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go right to the Lord. I'm going to talk to him about you right now. <laughs> Fear is going to begin to tremble because I know God will defeat them. So resist uh, the devil and resist fear in the name of Jesus Christ. Fear is a spirit. It can become a spiritual force or oppression that can uh, oppress us and live in our hearts and in our lives. But we must learn to resist it in faith. The third thing we must do is to seek the Lord. 
The Bible says, draw near unto the Lord and then he will draw near unto you. When it talks about resisting the Lord, it talks about resisting uh, uh, the devil. It talks about then submitting to God. So we need to draw near to God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Psalm 34 and verse 4, David says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. You see, David says, I had fears. He's not being so spiritual and say, I didn't have no fear. He says, I have fears. But I sought the Lord. There's the key. There's the key. I sought the Lord. Now, if you are going to call a brother or sister, make sure somebody's spiritual. But David says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me when I cried unto him, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Hallelujah. And David had a whole lot of obstacles and a lot of things to deal with in his life, but God delivered him from his fears. He also says in Psalm 121 and verse 1, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. And see, you have to trust and believe that God is with you and that he cares for you and that he will help you in the midst of the situation that may be bringing fear to your heart. You've got to trust that he loves you with an everlasting love and that he is going to help you. So you seek the Lord. And then, of course, the first thing you need is you need a cessation of the fear in your heart. Because fear torments. Fear cripples. We want the fear to be gone. So what is the opposite of fear? It is peace. Peace. And so pray for peace. The Bible tells us in Philippians that make all our requests known unto God. Bring all of our requests to him and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What will keep your heart and your mind? The peace of God. Jesus says there is a peace only that God can give you. Not the peace that is of this world, but the peace that he can give to you. Amen. And so we need to look unto the Lord and seek the Lord and then pray for his peace. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but God has given us love and uh, uh, he's given us love and he's given us I mean, peace. He's given us uh, love and he's given us a sound mind. Amen. He's given us a sound mind. You don't have to allow fear to reign within your heart. Philippians, I just read Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and then John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Pray for peace. Now God has brought peace to your heart. Now you got to continue to walk it out and continue to trust in the Lord. Because as you get off your knees, there may be circumstances, there may be information, there may be things that you see, things that you hear that may continue to remind you of the thing that brought fear to you in the first place. And you must say after you get out of your knees, off of your knees, I have already settled that with God in prayer. I'm not gonna be afraid. I choose to be at peace. I choose to hide in God. 
Scripture says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91. The devil may come with his forces of darkness and you see the shadow of the devil, the shadow of death. But guess what? When the devil sees the shadow of the Almighty God, he will realize he's no match for the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord. Place your faith in God. Mark chapter 4 and verse 40. There was a situation where Jesus was going across this uh, body of water with his disciples and, and he had just fed the multitudes, you know, with a few fishes and loaves of bread. And as the storm was raging, you know the story, Jesus would sleep down in the boat and the disciples went down and began to shake. Jesus says, Lord, don't you know that we're about to perish? And Jesus gets up and goes and rebukes the wind and the waves and peace comes. And then he makes this remark to the disciples. Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? He asks this question. And then he answers the question really with another question. Why is it that you have no faith? They were fearful because they were not exercising their faith. Amen. Faith, the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Why is it that you have no faith? Now, that question implies that you should have faith. It's like somebody says, why are you so, why are you so stupid? It implies you shouldn't be this stupid. You should have a little bit more sense than that. Why is it that you don't have faith? In other words, I just fed the multitudes with a couple of fish and, and a few loaves of bread, and I worked miracles. And why is it that you have no faith? Look at what happened in the Old Testament with the children of Israel. The Bible says that God became grieved with them because they saw all of his miracles in the wilderness, and yet they would not believe, and that's why God destroyed that generation. You see, their faith was not, uh, uh, they, they could have faith because God had proven himself already. And God wants to say to you, I've proven myself. I've shown you that I am God and you can cast your cares upon me. You can place your faith in me and you will see that I will not let you down. You will see that I will hold you with my right hand. You will see that I will work a miracle for you. You will see sometimes that I will even take you through the fire. Huh? We always think the victory is not to have to endure uh, the, the suffering or the pain, but sometimes the victory comes in the pain. Huh? Sometimes the victory comes in the fight because God is making you a mighty warrior, a mighty man, or a mighty woman of God. And so trust in the Lord, and he will bring you out. This faith is possible and comes from the assurance that God is with you and that God will fight for you. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that God is with you? We sing all the wonderful songs. You know what? It's time to believe what we sing. Hallelujah. Choose faith. Choose to believe. When you rise up in faith, God gets involved in the affairs of your life. He will be with you and he will do several things for you. Number one, 
he will give you strength that you need to go through. Sometimes we need strength to go through. I know that our first prayer is always going to be, Lord, just move the mountain. Lord, just change the situation. But sometimes the situation may not change, brothers and sisters, and we're going to need the strength of God to go through. God also promises his presence, promises to be with us. God also promises to give us strength, and he promises to help us in every situation. I'm going to read several scriptures to you. Maybe you can just write them down. We're not going to turn there. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Here's the promise of God's presence. And he says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. Here is the promise of God's relationship. I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. Hallelujah. These are the wonderful promises of God. He promises his presence. He promises to, to be our God. He promises to strengthen us, and he promises to help us. Isaiah 40, 29 and 31, he gives power to the faint. You know how it is sometimes when we become fearful, you know, we become so weak. We tremble. We, we are weak in our emotions. We're weak in our bodies. And we wonder, oh, man, how will I find the strength to go through? How am I going to make it to tomorrow? I, could, I don't want to get up tomorrow. I just want to put my heads under the covers and stay there all day. I want to hide from my problems. But the word of God says he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. It's okay if you feel very weak, God will exchange his strength for your weakness. Jehoshaphat said, we are powerless before this enemy. But God says, don't worry. You don't have to depend upon your power in this battle. For I am going to fight for you. I am going to give you the victory. Hallelujah. If you trust in God and begin to walk in faith, you will see things that you never imagined before. You will see adventures and see God work in miraculous ways as you trust in him. He will give you strength if you are weak. Isaiah 43 says, I have called you by your name. You are mine. Hallelujah. What a wonderful assurance to know that we belong to God. He says, you are mine. Our God is not uh, uh, unfaithful. Our God is not gone somewhere on a journey. You know, our God is, it doesn't have a closed line where you can't get through. No, he's always there, and he promises to be with you. He says, I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And so God promises that he will be with us. And finally, Psalm 46, 1, 2, 3, God is our refuge and our strength. God is a very present Help in trouble. Hallelujah. When you're in trouble, you need God then. He says, I'm a present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. We will not fear. And though the mountains be cast into the midst of the sea, and though its waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake like an earthquake, the Lord of hosts is with us. Be reassured of God's love. Know that he loves you. Know that he invites you to cast your cares upon him. He says, I care for you. 
So tonight, my brothers and my sisters, I know life. I live on the same planet as you do. And I don't care how long you have been saved. I don't care how spiritual you are. Fears come knocking at our door. And we need to know how to deal with the fear. As we mature in our faith, we can learn to trust in God and not allow fear to reign in our hearts, not allow ourselves to be terrorized by fear, and not allow ourselves to be oppressed by fear. Now, I want to share this with you. Some people, they fear because of things, of circumstances, and because of experience. But there are also other people who are oppressed by a spirit of fear. Let me explain this to you. There, ha there doesn't have to be anything going on. You are just tormented by fear. It is a spirit that is attached itself to the lives of individuals. And I've known many people to live in this situation. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel bad. Just know that the enemy has found a way to come into your life. But in the name of Jesus tonight, God will set you free if that is your situation. We're going to pray in just a few moments, but I want to ask you this question. Is fear, is fear a constant companion of yours? Folks, tonight we, want to, we have to be honest if we want to be set free. Is fear a constant companion of yours? Do you find yourself suffering from the symptoms of fear that we mentioned? Are you crippled? Are you paralyzed? Are you afraid to move? Are you inactive? Are you having headaches and sicknesses and ulcers and high blood pressure and all these kinds of things? Are you experiencing the symptoms of fear? Do you feel chained and unable to break free from this horrible, tormenting monster of fear? Are you living under the oppression of fear? I've been in certain countries where there's lots of practice of the occult and witchcraft, and people fear the sorcerer. They fear the witch doctor. I remember when I went to Congo, there was lots of witchcraft and sorcery, and the name for the sorcerer was Indoki. And if you would just mention the word Indoki, you could see the fear on the lives of the people because they were afraid of the powers of witchcraft and sorcery. But I went to proclaim to those people in the name of Jesus Christ that God did, 